Back home again in dear old Elmhurst, and it seems that I can see the gleaming French porch lights still burning bright through the seven wards of trees. The backyard skunks send all their fragrance through the streets I used to roam. When I dream about the moonlight on her salt creek, how I long for my great big Elmer's home. Golly! And now, podcasting from the two-person hot tub, high atop the Butterfield Park water tower, it's the E-Town Lowdown, created by Robbie and Rick. And now, your handsome hosts, P.K., Rick, and their highly paid intern, Malort. Hey friends, this is former Elmhurst City Manager Tom Borchert. Hey, and whenever I'm back at Elmhurst, I look up at that Butterfield Park water tower, and I am so thankful I wasn't the one who gave him the keys to get up there. And now, it's time for another installment of One Ponce a Time, with lowdown legend P.K. and his overly enthused yesteryear expert friend, Elmhurst History Museum Director Dave Oberg. Hey, boys and girls. One ponce a time, an Elmhurst farmer found treasure while digging a well. In the 1870s, Louis Growey was digging for water on his land when he found something precious in the earth. His shovel did not find gold or buried treasure, but something that proved very lucrative all the same. Hundreds of millions of years ago, during the Paleozoic era, Illinois lay beneath the ebb and flow of a warm, shallow island sea. Growey's shovel found that ancient seabed borne by time and pressure into a limestone ridge which passed beneath the growing community of Elmhurst. In time, that limestone would be transformed into the foundations of homes and businesses, roads and sidewalks, which connected Elmhurst to a wider world. All right, so let's dig a little deeper. I've been really wanting to say that with this particular episode. Uh, Growey's discovery caught the attention of two area businessmen, Adolf Hammerschmidt of Naperville and Henry Osmond of Lombard. In 1883, the two businessmen formed a partnership to lease Growey's land and transform his small but promising quarry into a much larger concern. They connected the quarry to the main rail lines to a railroad spur, and after two years of profitable business, bought 11 acres of Growey's land outright for the sum of $3,300, about $88,000 in today's dollars, still a bargain in today's real estate market. Now, initially, the quarry produced clay brick and tile in addition to cut stone. But the clay tile quickly played out, and limestone became the sole focus of the operation. By 1893, Hammerschmidt bought out Osman, serving as sole proprietor of the company, which he named the Elmhurst Chicago Stone Company. Sons Max and William joined the operation, and it remains a family business to this day. Max would also go on to serve as the city of Elmhurst's second mayor. Cut stone from the Elmer Chicago Stone Company served as foundations for countless Chicago buildings. Crushed stone from the quarry found its way into ready-mix concrete, helping to build the expressways which ring Elmhurst today. The company employed cutting-edge technology in its operations, using steam shovels as early as 1915 before switching to diesel in the 1920s. Now, as Chicago and the suburbs grew, the modest quarry of the 1880s and 90s grew as well. Workers dug deeper and deeper, and the company acquired additional sites across DuPage County. 
Rail cars of cut and crushed stone gave way to an army of trucks. And then as the 20th century drew closer to its close, the quarry took on a new and unexpected meaning. Following a devastating flood in 1987, public officials sought new means to manage stormwater. DuPage County purchased the quarry in 1992, transforming it into a stormwater management facility in 1996. Now, biennial tours of the site, conducted in partnership with the Elmer's History Museum and DuPage Stormwater Management, continue to be the hottest ticket in town, selling out in less time than a rock and roll concert. Nearby the quarry, the Elmer Chicago Stone Company's headquarters and concrete production plant still thrives at 400 West 1st Street, making it the oldest continually operating business in Elmer's history. Wow, Dave, you mean I could take a tour of the quarry? Yeah, only in odd-numbered years. Ah, and that's something that the museum works on with the quarry to make that available to the community. We, we love working with DuPage Stormwater Management on this, and I got to tell you, it's, it's amazing. Uh, when we did the tour in 2017, uh, we sold out of all of the tickets in four hours. In 2019, we sold out in an hour and a half. 2019 is 21. So our next one will be 23. No, 21. 21, right? 21, God willing, and COVID don't rise. <laughs> and to be clear, there's a couple uh, interesting uh, names there of our forefathers for the community. Just to clarify, it's Osman, not Assman. Correct? That is correct. That okay, is correct. glad I didn't have to read that one. And then the other <laughs> one, lots of people go over, they say they're going over to Graw Mill uh, in Oak Brook to walk around, but you and I know it's both Growy Mill, right? Growy Mill, that is correct. Thanks for clarifying, Dave. You bet, my pleasure. All right, bye-bye. The E-Town Lowdown brought to you by the wonderful folks at the Elmhurst Armpit Orchestra featuring the biggest bass drum in the world at nine feet in diameter. Yes, you heard that right, nine feet in diameter. This has been a special presentation of the E-Town Lowdown.